What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, you're probably going to hear a lot of this over the weekend. I have a dream. My poor little children one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. But you might be hearing less of this. The time is always right to do what is right. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to transform the bleak and desolate midnight of man's inhumanity to man into a glowing daybreak of freedom and justice. That's from a speech Martin Luther King Jr. gave in Chicago while he was fighting against housing discrimination. We talk with a local historian about King's legacy here. It's Thursday, January 11th. I'm Simona Alicea, in for Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Tammy Gibson is a historian and author who focuses on Black history. Tammy, welcome to CityCast Chicago. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. So I'm curious, before we get into what Dr. King actually did here, how well do you think Chicagoans know Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy here? I think a lot of people know about what he did with the March on Washington, the jail in Birmingham, Alabama. But a lot of people tend to not really delve and know about the history of Martha King. You know, when he uh, uh, when he did the I Have a Dream speech. Everybody focuses at the end, right? When we all come together, black and white, you know, the content of our character, people rarely don't read or listen to the whole entirety. And he pretty much talked about the disenfranchisements and the the issues that the black community has gone through. Well, and that disenfranchisement was felt very deeply here in Chicago when Dr. King came in 1966. Why why did he come here at that time? What was what was the goal and what was he working on? Well, actually, it was Al Rabbi. Uh, he was a teacher and he was the co-founder of the Chicago Freedom Movement. He saw Dr. King with the success of the March on Washington, the Civil Rights Act in 1964, and then the Voting Rights Act of 1965. And he actually reached out to Dr. King to see if he can come to Chicago and deal with the issues uh, pertaining to the Black community. And at that time, it was restrictive covenant and also slums, um, landlord slums, where uh, during the Great Migration, thousands of African-Americans came to Chicago, leaving the segregated South and the racism and the lynchings to Chicago for better opportunities, economic opportunities. But when they came down here, they were only restricted in certain areas, which was, co- which was called redlining. And they weren't li- able to live in 
white neighborhoods, or if they tried to, you know, sign a lease or fill an application, uh, they were turned down, you know, because of the color of their skin. So um, Mr. Al Rabbi, you know, contacted Dr. King and asked him if he'd come down to Chicago and, you know, see what he can do to help with those issues. And Dr. King came with his family, moved into a home uh, in North Lawndale on the west side to help with this work. You mentioned the Chicago Freedom Movement. Can you say more about who was involved in the Freedom Movement and sort of how long they had been, uh, you know, working in Chicago? Kind of what what was the, the Freedom Movement here about? Was uh, you have Dorothy Tillman, you had Jesse Jackson Jr., you had Timmy O'Black, you had Reverend Clark Wynette, you had Addie Wyatt, and uh, pretty much they were doing this even before the th- same issues that were happening in the South. You know, a lot of people think that there was no racism or anything in the North, um, but it was. I think it was more worse than it was um, in the South. So they were doing this all these the the the, the freedom rides and the, the segregation, uh, the Woolworth counters that happened here in Chicago. So they were pretty much doing the same thing um, in in the South as well, and the North. When we're looking back with our modern lenses, right, we tend to think that like, oh, it was really, really, really bad in the South, right? And like that we up here in the North, maybe things were a little more equal or things were a little bit better. But we know that that wasn't the reality. I mean, Dr. King said that said that himself while he was here in Chicago, right? I mean, I have friends. I'm not I'm not sharing my age. I was born in 1968. <laughs> so I was born a couple of months after King was assassinated. And I have friends that are maybe four or five years older than me or six years older than me and remember where they couldn't walk to, where they couldn't cross during that time, like Bridgeport. Um, there's another uh, Mount Greenwood. Mm-hmm. Those are just some of the areas that where they were not even allowed to even cross over. Um, and people think that this happened 100 years ago and this has happened. I'm 55 years old. You know, that it. It didn't happen that uh, that far. And we're still facing some of those issues today. We're still dealing with uh, loans for African-Americans. What happened after the riots when King was assassinated, if you look today, there's still vacant lots from what happened during that time. And I think Dr. King felt like he was defeated. But I think that he pretty much opened everyone's eyes of what was going on. And that led to the Fair Housing Act in 1968. And then uh, with the slum lords, now there's laws put in place for renters, you know, that they can report that back during that time, African-Americans didn't have the opportunity to tell this, uh, their um, landlords about the slum conditions that they were living in. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you could transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, 
your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. What were the challenges that he and members of the Chicago Freedom Movement faced as they fought against housing discrimination? Well, one of the challenges was um, dealing with uh, the, the violence, you know, stepping outside. You know, Dr. King, when he came in, of course, there were a lot of people that were happy that were there for, you know, there to help with those issues. But the racial violence that he said that the hatred and the vitriol was way more worse in the North than it is in the South. And then meeting with Daddy Daly, you know, he went to City Hall and had these, you know, things he wanted done. And uh, Daddy Daly said they was going to work on it. And um, actually, he didn't. Can you say more about the relationship between King and former mayor Richard J. Daley? You know, there was sort of an agreement that was that was in place that, you know, Chicago was going to address uh, some of these issues in housing and then nothing materialized until we got the federal legislation a few years later. Right. So, I mean, Dr. King met, you know, Daddy Daly. He thought everything was good. And he told him uh, what he wanted. He wanted um, African-Americans to get loans to to purchase homes, uh, restricted covenants where African-Americans can go to any black, white neighborhood and live. And it fell short. And Dr. King, you know, was shocked because he's like, we had these conversations. He was with open arms and willing to help. And um, pretty much um, that didn't happen. What was um, Dr. King's response when he encountered this this resistance here? To me, reading his bio and reading his, doing the research, he felt like it was not going to be as bad as it was in the South. Um, but he said it was way 10 times worse than the North than he had even thought about and imagined in the South. How did Black communities in Chicago respond to King's presence in the city? Some were very welcoming when he came um, and um, people found out he uh, was living on the third floor on North Londa- uh, South Lawndale. They came up there because they couldn't believe that he was actually there. So there were some people that were happy, but there were people that felt like it would be a distraction, that we're already going through racial tension already. And with him coming here, only going to be here for a year or so, and then, but then he's going to go back and then they have to deal with all the ramifications of that. So not everybody was happy that uh, that he came. Hmm. You know, what's so interesting, too, is I think about what happened to the apartment that he was living in after uh, after he left. Can you tell you're nodding your head because you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah. So uh, whenever I'm on the West Side, I always make myself a point just to pass by it. So it's called the MLK Legacy Apartment. And um, it's actually for low, uh, low housing. And they also have like a little museum on the main floor where you can go in and learn about the history um, of Dr. King living there and the Chicago Freedom Movement. So I would encourage anybody uh, to stop by there and see it. How is King's legacy from his time here still felt in Chicago today? I think it's still felt because we still have the elders that were part of the movement that tells his story, you know, every King day and and around the same time that happened with the Chicago freedom movement. Um, But honestly, there needs to be more, you know, there needs to be, um, our children need to be educated about the history of Dr. King. Um, Every year I take some young people over to the MLK Memorial 
um, in Market Park. And it's a, it's, a, it's a monument and it talks about Dr. King walking down these streets in 1966 and getting beaten and, and thrown with rocks about the history uh, of Market Park and Garfield as well. So I think it, it, there needs to be more. Um, more about Chicago, because like I said, they only talk about the, um, the March on Washington, mostly the March on Washington, but there needs to be more education about his contributions to Chicago. I also think about, too, you know, just the fact that we are still today dealing with segregation and segregation and housing and, and housing discrimination and the ramifications of what that has meant, uh, I think, particularly on the West Side, where 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 King stayed. And it's interesting because when you talk to folks living on the West Side, you know, they'll bring that up to you. Right. They will say, like, you know, this is why this is why Dr. King was here. This is why he marched here. Right. And I, I drive in those areas every day. And I'm not saying that, you know, there has been progress, but we got a long way to go. You know, we still have the same issues on um, the south and west side where there's food deserts. You know, there's not a garden. Every corner is a, a gas station where people have to go to buy purchase food. You know, so there's no, nothing for our children to eat healthy. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done. When we talk about sort of what is known about King's legacy here, why do you think it gets less attention than, say, the March on Washington? I think because people don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I just, just people don't know. Because I tell people about, when I talk about the Chicago uh, Freedom Movement, a lot, a lot of people just don't know. They don't know that he was here. But I guess like why, what is perpetuating the lack of knowledge? And I mean, I, I, I'll put forward my theory is just that it wasn't, frankly, it, it wasn't that successful, like kind of in time, in time while he was here. True, true, because he felt that way. But he also said a journey of a thousand miles begins with one fit, single step. So I don't know if people think that he was supposed to come there and, you know, wipe away everything. Everything that you do, you fight for, it takes time. For me, I, sometimes I feel like that part of history that they don't want to talk about because sometimes it sheds a, a, a bad light. People don't want to talk. They want to talk about the good, but they don't want to talk about, you know, they want to talk about the March on Washington, um, but they don't want to talk about him coming to Chicago and tackle the issues pertaining to the black community. Because every event I go to, they do the I have a dream speech. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, my God, there's so much more to it. And so that's how I feel that there needs to be more. You know, our children, uh, like I said, talk beyond the, the March on Washington, have them do a paper or learn about the unsung people that were behind the scenes that helped make Dr. King uh, the person that he was and is today. And then also a day of service, you know, go out to your community um, to beautify it. You know, I know a lot of people, depending on the weather, because it's supposed to be really cold next week, you know, they plan on clean, cleaning up their community or uh, go to a, uh, uh, a park district and talk to the children about Dr. King. And, you know, they can be great and, you know, influence our young people to be great as well. Any other stops in Chicago? You know, you mentioned the memorial and the, the former apartment. Um, where else you might recommend Chicagoans go to honor MLK or the other Chicago Freedom Movement uh, fighters? First, I would say... Some of the people that were part of it, they're still alive today, except for um, Mr. Al Raby. You know, contact Jesse Jackson. He's very open and willing to talk about it. 
Dorothy Tillman, she always talked about the Chicago Freedom Movement, always. Um, but talk to your parents. You know, I talked to my mother was uh, pregnant with me when it was the Chicago, the, uh, the riots. And she was uh, not too far from the West Side. She was around to talk about King's contributions when he came to Chicago. So I would just say, you know, do extensive research. Think beyond the March on Washington um, and, you know, learn as much as you can about what he did in Chicago. Tammy, thank you so much for uh, joining CityCast Chicago. Thank you. Hey, did you know that you can become a member of CityCast Chicago? It's just one way you can support your favorite podcast and newsletter. Just $8 a month helps us keep bringing you conversations that matter in this city. Plus, there are some fun perks, too. Join now at membership.citycast.fm. And thank you so much to everyone who has already joined. And some good news to get you through. There's an event happening in Wrigleyville tonight that I think just has the cutest name. Guthrie's Tavern will be hosting Singo and Ready to Mingo, which is, you guessed it, a bingo event for singles. It starts at seven. So let us know. Is it actually better than the apps? You can find our phone number in the show notes. And while you're there, make sure you click the link to vote CityCast Chicago as best podcast and Hey Chicago as best newsletter in the Reader's Best of 2023. You've only got a few more days to vote. So just go ahead, do it now before the episode ends. Host Jacoby Cochran is back tomorrow, rounding up the week's news. I'm excited. I know you're excited. We'll talk to you then. <laughs> 